welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello. Uh, joined this week, uh, we'll get right into it, by Calvin, as always. And we have Brian Foley on, another RBM contributor. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having us on, Gino. Yeah, great to be back. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Lots of, lots of good stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. We've got a lot to talk about because we haven't done one of these uh, since before the festive craziness. There were supposed to be a bunch of fixtures and there weren't. Um, but we we do have a couple games to talk about. We have some transfers to talk about. We have some some upcoming matches to talk about. So let's get right into it uh, without wasting any time. We'll start off with Brighton. Uh, this was, took place uh, the day after New Year's, January 2nd. Um, Everton took on Brighton um, at home. They lose this match 3-2. to two. Anthony Gordon getting both the goals in this match, um, while uh, Alex, Alexis McAllister scored both goal, two goals for Brighton and Dan Burns scored the other. Um, you know, I mean, where do we start? Let's start with the formation. Let's start with how this started out. I mean, once again, we find ourselves in a situation where we're, um, you know, we're looking at a, a midfield two. We got a back five in this one. Um, you know, Calvert-Lewin starts up top. What were your guys' thoughts on the formation? Were we doomed from the start again with this? Uh, Calvin, we'll start with you. Yeah, yeah. So, again, uh, it's, you know, Rafa just won't learn, right? So, he's going to insist on playing the two in the middle. And pretty much at this point, everyone knows that as long as Everton have two in the middle, the secret to beating them is getting a third uh, body in the middle. And so, as expected, kind of came to pass. Uh, uh, to be fair, though, uh, I thought Brighton played more of what looked like a 4-4-2, but they were a very fluid 4-4-2. Um, again, this is what we have come to expect from Brighton, right? They're tactically very flexible, uh, very mobile team. Uh, Graham Potter obviously doesn't necessarily stick to classic thinking there, uh, but pretty much that's, that's what happened. Uh, obviously, the start to the game didn't help us, right? You know, you go a goal down the first minute in, and then you're chasing shadows for the rest of the game. So, um, the, 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 you know, that, that's basically what happened. Uh, yeah. Brian, how about you? What do you think? Gino, you summarized it perfectly, I believe, in our chat. When the goal happened, I believe you came on and said something like, yeah, no, that, that, that's about right. It's, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's probably the most worrisome thing that comes from the Brighton game is there's streaks and, you know, there's, there's lulls of the season yeah. and then there's who you are. And right now, <laughs> this is who we are these yeah. that type of performance at Brighton it's not it's not an aberration it's no. not there's nothing to look back to compare it to um and not just to jump right into the negative Nancy I just flew right in I know sorry <laughs> but but no that but that's what it is it's it's the same you know and it's it's the same it's the same we're not ready to play the only time that we play the only time that we play at pace is when the men on the field are afraid of being professionally embarrassed or it's a big enough game where they know they will get large coverage for the game at hand. So when we play Liverpool, we're going to see the best Everton and we'll come on here and we'll say like, Oh, well, they actually, Impressive. I wish we yeah. played like that against Brighton, but we won't play like that against Brighton. And that's, and we know that, right. Yeah. We're going to talk about Norwich later. 
what are we all going to say? We know what we're going to say. Maybe Norwich <laughs> is bad enough. Maybe Norwich <laughs> is bad enough. But outside of that, I don't, I, don't, I don't pick us against any team in the Premier League right now. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's difficult. That's how I felt. About, and that's how I feel about the Brighton game. Sorry, Gina. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to look at the team week in, week out and know that there are issues with it and, um, you know, know that there's things that need to be fixed. And, and, and when you watch, look at the team sheet every week, it's, it's the same story every single week. And, um, yep. you know, it's, it's, it, and as you said, Calvin, on the, on the website that, you know, if you type into Google and you just type in the Everton Brighton game, you look at lineups, it is in a four, four, two, but Trostar typically drops into that middle spot there drops exactly in the with, with yep. typically playing that, that striker role. So, you know, it is, it is more of a fluid, you know, situation over there, but I mean, you look at the you look at the situation they had against a team like Brighton, listen, you know, Brighton is very talented for, you know, what they have and, and they've, they've had a good season so far, but, you know, five at the back against um, against Brighton seems a little you know negative. Uh, I get it with for lack yeah. of a better word, um, and it doesn't help when you don't have a left back that you've um, just you know basically said you're not playing anymore until he gets sold, which we will talk about later. So yeah. you know, Seamus Coleman played on the left in this game. John Joe Kenny came in on the right. You know, they played the back three of Godfrey, Keen, and Holgate. So, I mean, listen, it, it, it was doomed from, it was probably doomed from the start, but let's talk about the two goals. The first by McAllister, the second by uh, Byrne. What went wrong with these, in these two goals? I mean, very similar defensive breakdowns, just kind of different situations. Brian, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the I mean, ultimately it becomes that, uh, the, the lack of tracking uh, from that uh, that midfield run, mm-hmm. um, and when you play three in the back, you play three in the back to prevent exactly what happened to prevent one ball being played in, and right. to have the forward be able to do that. When you have two in the back, and that forward is a good forward, you know, like a twenty five million dollar like Chris Wood type, you know, uh, <laughs> and he can slide over between, you know, and there's that little kind of space that he can occupy. Well, that we love to see, you know. Calvert Lewin do you know kind of pop into that space and, right. and settle, but he just kind of like backed down our center backs like he was like a power forward, and then <laughs> just laid off a header with with no tracking run. I mean it was as a soccer fan it was a very nice goal, like it, yeah, was, it was well worked, yeah. it was a very nice goal. We just mm-hmm. expect professional soccer players to you know, and then we haven't even gotten to where was the pressure on the ball initially into the header, you know. Why are our exactly. backs dropping while they are in our 18? Well, they're dropping yep. because to their to their defense, they don't see any ball pressure. And when you don't see mm-hmm. ball pressure, what are you told? Drop off. <laughs> you would assume once they've gotten to 30 yards away from the goal. Some, but yep. you know, it, but that's just it, it. It's a symptom of a of a much larger disease. And do you think those inverted wing backs are going to catch on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we have a name for that inverted wing backs because you know obviously the inverted wingers has been a thing, but right. obviously Rafa is, is is trying to create this this hybrid thing where we are now signing uh, at least in Mikalenko anyway, right? Is he's, he's supposedly a defensive fullback who 
Rafa apparently still wants to play attacking football with attacking fullbacks, but obviously one of the best attacking fullbacks in the league is not good enough to play. So uh, it, it, it's just so difficult to talk about this team without talking about all the other symptoms to the disease, like you mentioned, Brian, right? It's, it's not just one thing. But you know what, what I thought as soon as that first goal went in was I don't see a way back in this game for us. And, and the ball, and we barely started the game. Just because I think confidence has got to be at an all-time low with this team, right? It's, it's just there is, there, is no, there is no on-field leadership. There is no, um, there's no steel, I'd say, in this side. It's, it's like, yep, they scored. It was coming. Oh, well, we're here. I'll collect my paycheck at the end of the day. It's all good. It's just, there's just so much of that going on. Like, why? I, clearly, the manager is not able to motivate the players and there's not much on-field leadership either. Uh, you know, yeah. we've got veterans. It's not like we don't have veterans, but, like, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think somebody said it, one of the announcers said it in the, in the um, or maybe it was on Twitter or in the Slack chat, but mm-hmm. um, there's no veteran, or there's no real, I guess, presence of leadership in the defense right now. Right. No. Like there's no, not one of those, I mean, listen, Coleman is Coleman, but, you know, he's not a center back. I feel like the leadership needs to come from the center back. And, and neither, none of the center backs that we currently have playing significant minutes are, are taking up that leadership role. And we know, no. you know, Michael Keane is not going to do that. He's the most veteran of the three that played in this match. And, and yep. we do see a difference between when we see Mina out there because Mina seems to be that leadership presence, that guy who's attacking the ball instead of waiting the ball to come, to, waiting for the ball to come to him. Um, Absolutely, it's just like it, it's it's dysfunction back there, and you know it, it's just you know when you look at these goals and it's just like you like you guys have said, it's so predictable, and it's like there's you know if there's forty thousand people in the stands, you know every Saturday. Those 40,000 people plus the millions of Everton fans around the world um, look at the, the field and look at the formation and see what's wrong. But the only person that matters does not see the, the, what's wrong with the team, does not see, see the, the need to fix these things and, and try and switch things up. And, you know, yep. it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's been a little bit of a disaster in defense. And, you know, I, I, I want to talk about another thing here is, you know, after the two goals, Everton do get a, a penalty. They do get a penalty. Let's talk about the penalty and, 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 and who took the penalty. Now, as we know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin came back in this game, played the full 90. Let's start there. Was it the wrong move to play Calvert-Lewin in the full? The full? I mean, we kind of had to play in the full 90, I guess. I, I don't really know. What were your guys' thoughts on bringing DCL back and starting him right away in, in this match? Yeah, I mean, whether he... Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Brian. No, no, you're <laughs> oh, good. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, you know, I, I was okay with him coming back. It seemed like he'd been in training. He seemed pretty comfortable about it. Uh, he looked good. The playing the 90 minutes was obviously not a good idea. Um, no. And it, when you set a team up, you knew we were going to have to make a change in the back. So there's one. You know you're going to have to provide support in the midfield. There's two. So the third change is whatever's going to happen, and now you have Calvert-Lewin stuck out there. And, you know, 
<laughs> I'm also concerned when players get injured. Our record of returning players from injury is abysmal. It's horrific, yeah. It's 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 become a a very big the amount of players that are suffering injuries while recovering from un, other injuries has become a very consistent pattern that I bet you somebody would be able to kind of diagnose at the program level the issue where you know whether you're JPG or um, you know, even Calvert-Lewin has had setbacks yep. and every time that he gets injured. Now we yep. find out that Tom Davies Same is out with, has to have surgery from an injury that he had so that he didn't have to have surgery. <laughs> and, it's, and, and so now when you, when you put Calvert-Lewin out there, you, um, it, it, it felt – I didn't like him playing in the 90. As for him taking no. the penalty – I'm okay with him taking the penalty because if we're going to say that he is a big-time striker, a true number nine team leader, this is my job, then, you know, and I'm not saying he's these players, but, you know, Ronaldo takes that penalty even when it's his first game back because it's his first game back to stamp that back on. So right. I'm okay with him taking it. He's got to make it. You know, the, it's easy to say he shouldn't take it, but if he makes that and people are like, Great move. Now Calvert-Lewin's back. It's a PK. He's supposed to make it. It's his job. Right. He's yeah. accountable. So, so from that aspect, I'm okay with him taking it because we need him to be that. You know, we need him to be a, a true, true leader. And it just, it's been so long since we've seen him. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like he's, we've, the, the, it feels like the, you know, his season has, has slipped away. We're going into what, week 22? Yeah. When was the last – so he didn't – you know, what was it, week four, week five? Yeah, I think he played nine? the first four or five weeks, right, yeah. Yeah, I think he, so, played, you know, I think he played four weeks, yeah, because he scored yeah. three goals in the first three matches. Yeah, four in the first four. Yeah, so, you know, he's missed 16 games, 17 games. He's missed half a season. Half a season, yeah. And all – as we're, we are – and because he went out so early, we're, we're so <laughs> numb – to the bandages that we were told that would be applied temporarily that have now become, you know, the definition, you know, Solomon Rondon is getting big time minutes. minutes. Yeah. And if Solomon Rondon was getting big time minutes for Burnley, what would we be saying? We'd be saying they're going down. They're going down. He doesn't score goals. He doesn't work hard. He doesn't cover ground. You know, he doesn't have a bankable asset, you know? Yeah. And so when we, uh, I was okay with, I don't know how I got there, but, <laughs> but I, I was okay with Calvert-Lewin taking the penalty. Uh, but it just, it, you know, it, everything feels forced right now, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the answer becomes, well, let's get a win. But <laughs> it's a win, you know. And, right, uh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel sustainable, yeah. Yeah, it did not. Yeah, none of it. Any, you know, it has that kind of late silver feel to it of, you know, just kind of like, what's this week going to look like? And, you know, uh, but at the same time, and also an eerie feeling of this isn't late anything that, you know, we might as well get accustomed. I, I tell you what, because we've just started off on such a high note, let's, let's just mention that Josh Gordon there that uh, our man, Anthony Gordon is playing unbelievable. Yes. That's yeah, what I was going to get to next. Know, is <laughs> change the topic. Change really the topic. Taken, yeah. I just figure let's get some positivity, you know, like 
it's night nice, he has really made you know he said at the beginning of the season at the the at the media day stuff and he said if i'm going to become like a true player i have to produce end product you know yeah or else i'm just a guy who runs from the top of the box at one end to the top of the box at the other end and completes passes alex awobi um and <laughs> so it's you know to see him scoring goals and asserting himself is yeah. is is nice um and and we'll we'll see how uh you know how all those young pieces fit together but he really has come on coming to himself you know he's taking accountability you know yeah. on the on the field it's you know and we're not going to sit here and rah rah and say that it's all about effort and stuff but the way he carries himself on the field the urgency with which he goes about yeah. his tasks yeah and 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 just look at the two last two matches. I mean, we'll talk about Hull as well, but two goals in this yeah. game. And, you know, it feels like he's been the the driving force, which has taken a lot of pressure off of Damari Gray too, because sure. Gray has kind of had to be that player. I was just looking at the, at the games. Richie and DCL have only played two games together this season. Yeah. Uh, the, the game against Leeds and the game against – the first game against Brighton. So – you know, that's a huge loss to have one of them off the pitch considering our depth issues going into the season. Um, but, you know, Gordon has stepped up. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know about you guys, but I would largely say in attack, we've been okay. We've been pretty solid in attack. It's, it's been defensively where we've lost all of our, you know, where, where the games have gone, you know, gone to, to shit for lack of better words. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I mean, we're scoring goals. There's, you know, Gray is producing, Townsend's producing, Gordon's producing, yeah. DCL when he's healthy is producing, Richie's producing, Decore's even been getting into the t- or was getting into the attack at the beginning of the season. You know, so we're getting goals. There's goals there. It's just, which is such a weird thing because it feels like against these lesser teams, our big problems are always trying to find the back of the net. Um, right. And, and again, Brighton have been better this season, but still, even against, you know, Norwich earlier in the season, you know, we scored two goals the attack hasn't been the problem it's it's been the, it's been the defense so um but calvin any anything to add to gordon dominic Carver lewin yeah just just staying on the gordon topic right so you know right at the beginning we started off by saying there's no leadership and accountability on this team well you know what let's take that back all right because anthony gordon has shown leadership and he's shown accountability. And I, and I love that from him, right? He's absolutely taken on the mantle of carrying this team. Not, not on his own shoulders. I mean, you know, Demari Gray is playing well. Obviously, I'm going to give him that too. But I think Gordon feels that a lot more being a local-born kid, right? Being a born blue, he knows what this means. You know, I, I, I go back to that, uh, that game when we had the pitch invader, right? And Anthony Gordon went up to him and, you know, had a, had a straight up conversation with this guy, right? Obviously, the fan was trying to get in his face or whatever it was, but Gordon actually had a, like a really mature looking look about him, right? About how he basically, you know, talked the guy down. And, and, and that was interesting, right? I, I, I really think Gordon is, is the kind of guy who has definitely benefited from getting a lot of minutes this year. You know, it's taken him some time to work out some of those kinks in his game. I, I, I'm surprised his first goals only just came because he's, he's been showing signs of it, right? He's had good chances. He's had, I think he's hit the woodwork a couple of times as well. So it was those goals were coming. But now that the goals are, are here and that he's scoring and he's creating, 
I, I think we're, we're starting to see the best of Anthony Gordon and, 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 and I'm excited. I, he's been like the first product, homegrown product we've had who's actually scoring goals since, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Tell I, I don't, me the I last homegrown product. That, that one time Tom Davies did it against me. <laughs> oh yeah, the one game, right? <laughs> that Davies, one time right? four years ago. Right. Exactly. Four, yeah. five, yeah, whatever number of years ago. So, so that, that's my point. That the fact that we, we're, we're, we're grasping at straws here trying to think about homegrown products uh, that are making it at the big league, I, this, it's, it's, it's a, a damning you know, statement about the youth system. But at the same time, I, I, I'm really excited for Gordon. I, I can't wait to see how well he plays in a coherent system. Uh, and when I say, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying good system, I'm saying coherent system because it uh, looks like we pretty much have everyone but Davies back in training. So at, at some point, you know, maybe Rafa is going to get it. But whether or not Rafa gets it, I think once we start getting all the Richies and the DCLs on the pitch again, I, I want to see Gordon playing in that system, right? And I, and, I'm, and I think he's ready to assert himself. So really excited for him. Yeah, it'll, it's, I mean, I know at the beginning of the season, I was kind of getting on him in terms of when he would play. He looked, he looked good in attack, but he was never, there was never that finishing product. He never seemed to, you know, have put the right. passes in that were finding people or, or that were, he never seemed to really be you know, putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, and really the last two matches he's come on and, and really not even just the last two matches, but specifically the last two matches in terms of his end product, he's come mm-hmm. on and really been the only reason Everton have been remotely close to being in either of these matches. So, um, yep. you know, just fantastic from him and, and love seeing that from him because, you know, as you look at, and we'll get into this when we talk about the, um, the transfers and whatnot later on, but, as you look at the squad, you know, there is some, some very talented youth on the squad, some very talented players that are 25, 26 years old or under. Um, and that's, you know, you know in, a, in a time when there's not too much to look forward to um, or, or not, you know, too much happiness, I guess, surrounding Everton Football Club, that is a, a bright spot and a positive note in, in, in what's going on, um, yeah. you know, at Goodison Park. But um, anything else you guys want to touch on? I mean, obviously, you know, we touched on the Gordon Goals. The McAllister goal, I'm not really sure that there was much on the third goal that, that could have been done. That was just a fantastic no, That was a great goal, yeah. Yeah, um, but nothing really else to, to you know, go, go on about there. We'll, we'll move on to Hull and talk a little bit about that now. I mean, again, an awful, awful start in this match. We start with the two in the midfield. One minute in, there's a goal. And it, I think it was this match that I actually said it for Brian. It, it, it was so obvious that it was going to, you almost have to laugh at this point because it's like, it's like, what is going on? And the my question to you guys is why is this team giving up early goals every game? Like, what is the reason for this? Because it's not just once or twice every, you know, it's, it's not like this is just the second time it's happened or just been the last two games. It's every single game inside the first 15 minutes for an extended period of time now where we've given up a goal. What do you guys think? Calvin, we'll start with you. So I remember being very ticked off because once again, Benitez has had hoodwinked me, okay? Because I listened to that presser before that game, right? And what was Rafa saying? He was like, the players were really ticked off with what happened against Brighton. 
We've had a great week of training. The players are all mentally focused. Everyone's ready for this game. And he specifically said, everyone is mentally ready for this game. And like 30 seconds in, foul in a dangerous spot. 10 seconds later, free kick into the box. Everyone's looking at everyone else. Goal. It's like, guys. And you know, at this point too, I'm, I'm not going to beat up on Benitez so much for that one. Only because that just reminded me of, you guys remember that Millwall game? Was it the League Cup or FA Cup last season? It was the same thing. And everyone knows, right? When you're playing lower league opposition, right? That's exactly how they're going to attack you. So, like, tell me you guys practiced set-piece defending the week before this. Because you knew that was the only way Hull were going to attack us. And guess what they did? And guess what they scored? It's like, it just, it, it, it's too much at this point, right? Clearly, like, players have just disconnected at this point. I, that, that's the only thing I can think about. I mean, some guys care, clearly. I mean, we somehow came back to win this one. But I just, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Brian? Um, I think the only reason you retreat after the ball gets kicked off is when you're not sure what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that that's just a, it's a basic human instinct. And I think you watch us when we have it for a kickoff, we're not sure what to do. When they have it for a kickoff, we're not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. And we don't seem to have a grasp on what their plan is even going to be. You know, it's not like a, they have it and they drop it and we all of a sudden snap right into where we're supposed to be. It's like we're trying to, to, to learn on the fly. Um, you know, and it's just kind of all the things that I kind of bit my tongue and assumed at least Rafa would get those right, you know, like, oh, well, at least we'll cover those bases of just, you know, doing these kind of monotonous, tactical, nuanced things. And it, it, it seems <laughs> quite, it seems very, you know, kind of Coman-esque uh, of just, you know, just we're not cohesive and and so when I don't think Seamus has a lot of time at that position I don't think that other people have time at their position we haven't played as a group in these positions a lot and I mean so when the when the game starts what do you do you drop and you get tight because that's what you've learned your whole career is you know drop and get tight and as we're doing that 10 seconds in we get a give up a foul and the the part the, the set piece marking you're just, horrendous <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean and, and the players have to take their accountability too you know like yeah. yeah like set piece marking it's not exactly a uh you know it's not calculus you know get between <laughs> no. the guy in the ball see the ball <laughs> see the man the damn ball <laughs> yeah we'd all just like we gave credit on you know, on the, the goal with Brighton. If we were talking about fantastic, well-executed soccer, we'd be like, all right, you know, all came out and really just, you know, guys played up because they were playing a Premier League team. But now yeah. we, like, just kicked them, and then they just hit a cross in, and we didn't mark the guys, and <laughs> then they headed it. It was just, you know, it's it's basic stuff. And it's, uh, you know, and you almost wish Rafa would, would be at least honing. You know, you... If he was chastising him for that stuff, 
I'd almost take it better, you know, as opposed yeah. to like, like Calvin said, you know, like tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Like, it, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you know, you can't believe what he's saying because it's not matching the reality, you know, and no. it's like, no, we're all being gaslit, you know, and he's like, no, we've been working on set piece marketing. No, no, you haven't. Just not even a little nope. bit. No, no. Maybe, it's maybe, maybe. working on finishing, yeah. you know, Finishing runs have looked good. Josh Gordon, you know, like we said, Josh, if I call him Josh Gordon one more time, Anthony Gordon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I just rolling off my tongue. Uh, but, you know, if Anthony Gordon gets into that, you know, getting into position, that seems to be something they're working on. You know, you can see those central runs. Right. Gomes, yeah, exactly. You know, Gomes on the, on the header, you know, uh, same kind it's of thing. You know, these, these attacking the box. Yeah. yeah. Like those seem to be like, I'll give him credit. That seems to like Gino said it before. We look consistent there. We, we seem to be working on that stuff. It, it's carrying over into the game in a consistent manner from game to game. And we're it, just not doing it well on the other, the other side of it. it. It just literally looks because it's, it's, it's the same problems every game. Like it, like it is not, nothing new every game. When a team scores, right. it's either a long-range goal or it's a goal yep. off a set piece or some header where the center backs get – like it, they're the same things every game. So – it's it seems that if you're doing your job right you would watch the tape you'd say what went wrong on these goals let's fix that but it doesn't seem like they're trying to fix that because it happens every game so you know it is it is just it's mind-boggling but it's almost like you expect it to happen so at this point and and to our defense's credit like you just said you know they're not breaking us down no you know these aren't Tiki Taka, Man City, you know, where the guy gets right. back and Pickford's, you know, set plant foot and they're touching it in. Like, so, so from that aspect, you know, we're not, it, it's these big balls into the, that, again, the things that we're supposed to be suited for. Isn't that what Michael Keane is? Isn't that what he's supposed to do? And again, that's the problem, right? It's like we talk about these leadership things. Michael Keane isn't attacking the ball. He's just standing there and jumping straight up. Like he's not going to try and defend the ball. He's just there yeah, and he's right. like, how do I make sure that this space that I'm covering is not, you know, if the ball comes here, I can get it out of here. He's not going How many times have you seen Mina go feet overhead? Exactly. Right. Going up exactly. And, and, and drawing that foul. And then what does that guy start doing? He starts calling for the ball at his feet. Yeah. That's what he starts doing. That forward <laughs> touch going. I've got like a six foot five guy behind me who is in my collar. Yeah. Could you guys maybe play it down to, you know, play it into my feet and like, and change the game in those little dynamics. And we're, we're just so right. reactive. We're so reactive as yeah. a team, as individuals, you know, we, we don't, as, and that's what's so refreshing about Damari Gray. Hey, Damari is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that, he's so assertive, you know, just yeah, the way yeah. that he just drives at the field, you know, it, it looks yep. so different from things that were, um, yeah. you know, Gina, you, I think, wasn't it you that pulled up the clip of Pinar? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He has that, you know, just that same way that Pinar, you know, just kind of wanted like, the ball. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he puts that toe down and really drives it, yeah. you know, and drives at that mm-hmm. defender and, and puts them on the back on all of a sudden now, a center back slides over and that opens up some room for a run down the middle of the field. We just don't do those little, those little things that really, that really change the dynamic of the game to our favor. We're always, well, we have to do that to plug that, you know, and it's, and it's always plugging the same thing. Like those long range shots. Hey, 
who's supposed to be pressuring the ball when it's like 25 yards out? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be your third midfielder, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be that person who's supposed to or your other or your other underside forward, but we don't have dynamic forwards that are gonna be you know, Solomon Ronda is not going to drop in and cover the all the way down there. And, right. and, and this is the thing, though, right? In 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 the system that Rafa was playing at the beginning of the season, when he did have both DCL, DCL and Richie, he was playing both of them up top, and Richie would inevitably be the guy that dropped back into that midfield right. and kind of took control of that, and DCL would be still up there playing his target man role. So it's like I, he's trying to essentially fit fit – what is it? square pegs into circle holes or whatever the saying <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Like, like he's trying to play the same system or, or essentially a, a form of the same system with the two midfielders without having the two players that you need to play that system that are on the team. Like there is no other two players on the team that will be able right. to do what they do. So, you know, it, it's, it is, you know, mind boggling. And, and hopefully as we get healthier and, you know, if we see Richie back and DCL back, and we get to full strength and Mina back and maybe that'll spark something. But at a point, you know, injuries happen. And clearly they've happened a lot for us over the past, not even just this year, but the past few years. There needs to be something that happens. Like if we get injured again, somebody's got to change something or somebody has to step up. And, right. um, you know, that's just not happening right now. So, but Everton do, you know, listen, it, it, the first 20 minutes or so were, were awful. Announcers were saying that we, you know, if you looked at it, you wouldn't know which side was the championship side and which side was the, the, the Premier League side because that's just how it was. But Everton started to find their stride. They scored the two goals. What yeah. really changed for them in those, you know, in the last, I guess, 25 minutes of the first half there? Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. I think I said it before, professional embarrassment. Um, and and I, I say it, you know, I kind of say it tongue-in-cheek. Not really. You know, it's like they, they know that there's a minimum standard to be met. You know, those guys, and this, is, and this is our problem, too. If they can make it to the quarterfinals or even the round of 16 of this tournament, finish 10th, 11th, 12th, no one's really going to make a big fuss. Nothing's really going to change. Right. No one on the board's going to be like, you know what, we need fresh. No, it's – and when players know that, then they're going to be comfortable, and they'll play yeah. it. Adelaide Corey looks – Terrible. He looked awful. For the first, I mean, he looks like a different player. Is it the injury? Is he still really? You know, is he? Is he hiding it? Is he just kind of? I mean, it's not like he's just coming out and talking about our tact. Oh wait, he did do that. He um, did do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they basically like held him at gunpoint and made him like. <laughs> it's so weird that Everton posted an article about our one of our center mids specifically discussing the tactics like when was the last time they ever were like they ever had an article about like michael keen enjoys dropping off when the you know like they've never done <laughs> when the ball yeah <laughs> but that's like the dysfunction that we have going on right now you know like yeah. this, this constant need to put band-aids over holes to cover things as opposed to just you know and um yeah and just on decore i mean when have we seen him be at his best in this attacking role that Rafa wants him to be in? Whenever right. Gomez comes on in the 65th minute or whatever, and right. then he lets free. I mean, Ducori's goal against Southampton was literally, it, it, it's the same exact thing. Every, every time you say, wow, Ducori really seems to have really, you know, 
played his best today. It's always right. or, or played or really seems to have picked it up here in the second half. It, it's the same thing. It's when Gomez comes on. And, and listen, we've talked about this. Gomez, for some reason or another, just can't play 90 minutes. He, he, is, a, he is a substitute. And when he comes on as a substitute, sure. he, is, he has been fine. He's been great. But yeah. the one game that he started, he was just awful and did it's not small, provide yeah. anything. So, you know, there needs to be another midfielder added to that mix that can do that. Everton do not have that midfielder, I guess, right now on their roster yeah. in the squad. Um, but Ducore is at his best when – he has a third midfielder and he's able to have the freedom to do what he needs to do in attack right. and defensively and, and whatnot. But Did you Calvin, just get me excited about Sean Longstaff? Uh, no, <laughs> that's not what I wanted to do. The opposite. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, and that's fine. If Longstaff's the guy who's got no, a shield the defense, right? It's so true. that Alan can do what he does yes. best, which is play in the center circle. And so that Dokure can do what he does best, which is run up and down the pitch between the boxes. Then bring on Longstaff. I don't know. Bring on Shortstaff. I don't care. Bring on anyone. <laughs> anyone who can play the damn defensive midfielder role, right? Yeah. Because Alan is not it. That, that, yeah. That's it. That's simple. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. think, I mean, I, I you know, we, JPG, I, I wouldn't say has been given the license exactly to, to, I mean, he's had a couple opportunities to prove himself, but I still think that we could see a little bit out of him. So I'd like to see him get a couple more opportunities because he is a big dude. Like he's a big demonstrative dude that can right. act as a, you know, I, I, again, we haven't seen too, enough of him to know what he really is. To know is. better, right. So, yeah. you know, I would like to see him some more. But it, if, like you said, if it's strong, if it's Longstaff, if it's JPG, if if it's someone else, just just let's see something in the the attempt to work on the midfield three. Because I think again, we we're going to keep talking about we're going to keep being the dead horse. But I think that the midfield three leads to better success for Everton, both on defensively and and on the offensive side of the yeah. as well. Um, I mean, as this game went on, I mean, the second half, Everton just didn't have what they had really from major- for the back end of the first half. Uh, they give yeah. up the goal. Obviously, there's the two penalties in here. We're going to get into a VAR situation if we talk about that. So let's, <laughs> let's table that for right now. But what changed for Everton? Why was it that they weren't able to – did they, you know, sit back? What, what was the, the difference between Everton and the back end of that first half and, you know, large parts of the second half? Um, which ended in them giving up a goal. Uh, Calvin, we'll start with you. Yeah, so uh, again, I, I think Gordon and Gray were carrying that team, and I think they're human, and they got tired. Uh, again, Gordon and Gray have been playing big minutes for us since, since all these injuries have happened, right? So again, Rondon's been a non-factor in all the games before this. He was a non-factor in this game, I think, for big parts of it too. So when you don't have that, focal point up there who can actually hold the ball and sustain pressure on Hull. So basically Hull continued to take advantage of us right at some point and, and as tired legs kicked in, that's exactly what happened. Hull were looking more likely to score than we did in the second half at least as the game progressed and I, I'll give them full credit it was a wonderful goal. It was really well worked, right? But again the goal came from Tom Huddlestone coming on Right and attacking the ball, and he basically got away with the ball with three midfielders watching him. So again, it's just it just seems to be this lackadaisical approach 
from the side and it's like why why is this happening why are professional footballers playing like this and it's inex- inexplicable but it is exactly what everton are right now brian it's 2021 and he just said tom huddleston defeated our midfield or, or, right excuse me you know <laughs> and i think that just about like some you know it, 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 it sounds you know yeah, I mean, it's, at least so, at least John Joe Kenny play well. Like, what is going <laughs> on in my life? To his credit, that was a nice cross. Um, it was, it was. But, yeah. but just you know, it. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's a nice goal. But the, those are the those are the goals that are supposed to make it four to one. You know, if yeah. we're if we're doing our jobs, right? Exactly. That is what you build in as a professional team. You build in a buffer for. That's why you scored those two goals in the first half come out, score that third. So when that guy scores that ripping goal, it's like, wow. Okay, good, solid performance. We did our job. We move on. Yeah, Instead of, right. you know, us. And, um, you know. Yeah, it's um, – I mean, listen, Everton, you know, ended up – Townsend saves the day, gets the, you know, the well, – I guess what he's trademarked now is the long range – the Townsend long range yeah. goal because it seems like that's all he scores – um, he saves the day. Everton move on in the end, but I think we can all agree that you know it wasn't a solid performance. It wasn't a good. It wasn't a performance where you said, "Okay, we need to work on things." This was a championship side, but we took care of business. I wouldn't say that was what it was. Would you guys agree with that? No. Yeah. So not at we, all. No. That was the survival mode. Yeah, I mean, we went in the extra time. We're, we're wasting legs here. We, you know, we don't have enough depth as it is to begin with. Right. Um, and, you know, we're going extra time against a team that we should have put away in the second half, if not the first half. Um, and, you know, listen, the Kevin Friends missing two penalties thing. Listen, I, I think, again, we all can agree that there were two handballs. At least one was blatantly obvious. Um, <laughs> the other one, you know, and, and that gets into the whole VAR situation with the tournament and, and people have spoken about that. And, you know, it is difficult, Brian, I think you said it, you know, it's difficult with these smaller stadiums and maybe there should be a, a point in time, like the fifth round when these things start, but you know, Everton did get gypped a little bit there, but they shouldn't need two penalties. So the reason we, no. we really don't need to talk about this is because Everton shouldn't have needed those two penalties to put them away in 90 minutes. It should have been, it should have been, you know, done before that. We like Brian was saying, it should have been 3-0 at the time, and then the penalty was, all right, yeah, we'll take it. There's a fourth yeah. right there. Yeah. But um, we, we, I, I do want to talk about one thing, is we're going to go into the transfer, thing, transfer talk. Um, but first, I want to talk about, because he, he has had his first performance for, in, in an Everton shirt, Michael Lenko, what were your guys' thoughts on him? Um, Calvin, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a rocky start for him. Again, Understandable. Uh, I think he hasn't he hasn't played for a while. I think there's that. Obviously, new country. Um, it doesn't speak the language. Um, you know, new teammates, all of that. So, given that, I, you know, I think throwing him into the, into this game seemed to be a mistake. But again, that that's a bet Benitez had made for himself, right? With the whole Dini sidelining. So whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it showed, right? He got showed up in the first minute, right? I mean, he, he seemed to be unsure about what to do with that cross coming in. And so I, if, if I'm Hull, that's exactly how I draw it up, right? We've got a new player playing, foreign guy doesn't speak the language. Absolutely, let's, let's, let's bombard him with the ball. And 
And that's kind of what Hull did too after the goal as well. I thought they seemed to focus a lot of their attacks um, down the Everton left. And I think mm-hmm. Mikolenko got, I think he got spun around a couple of times. He, he, was, yeah. he was looking really rocky. I think he settled in a little later. Again, not going to make a judgment on one game against the championship side in the cup where, you know, especially when you're playing away in the cup when, you know, sort of, uh, what is it, the temperament runs a little higher than normal. So I, I wouldn't judge him on that. But uh, he's, 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 got, he's got a ways to go, I think. I don't think he's, he's, he's quite there yet. Brian? Um, you know, I, again, as Calvin said, you, you reserve a bit. I like to see him play in his true strength, which, you know, looking at playing with the Ukraine stuff is like, is that true left back? You know, he's not a wing back. He's, wing back, right. It doesn't seem to be, you know, and, and that position involves such subtlety of space and everything, you know, it's why, mm-hmm. it's why somebody like Marcus Alonso is so specifically a wing back is because mm-hmm. the way that he drifts inside of that space and handles it, right. and, you know, but then you put him at outside back and he can't play it, you know, and, and it applies vice versa as, you know, it's, yeah, I, I put it, I, I said it, I really hope that him, I hope that him nor Patterson started. So I was happy that, that just, it was just him, but I, I think he got, you know, not set up for success. I'm sure Roth yeah. in the back of his head thought, Hey, we'll get him out there. We'll knock the ball around, you know, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, he can settle in. Have a good yeah. time. Exactly. No, and I'm sure that's what he would say is, you know, I expect my team to play, you know, but, but again, he was very, I think they had had what one training session with the team, maybe two. Yeah, maybe two. Um, yeah, he hadn't, and Rafa himself said he hadn't trained for two weeks. Um, yeah, because I, I think that they were on break or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Then the winter break in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, so like between all that and then the traveling, it just seems like you're really not setting him up for great things, and uh, you know, as opposed to biting the bullet and playing Godfrey at left back or you know whatever you got to do to, but um, also well, just being short on options too is is. Yeah. Again, I mean, Calvin said it. You you make your bed. You gotta you know you yeah. gotta sleep. Yeah. I mean, listen. Everybody knows that against a powerful side like Hull, you have to put five at the back. So I mean, <laughs> Rafa really had no choice there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I I agree. I think you know, I, I watching the game, the things that stuck out was Michael Anko kind of getting spun like a top a couple times. Um, you know, he 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 looked like he was backing in very similar way to a lot of other Everton players we've been talking about, backing away from the ball, letting the player attack him instead of attacking the ball. A little unsure of himself. But again, you can't. it's hard for me to pass judgment on. You know, it's hard for me to say anything about him when he had maybe two training sessions. He's been off for a couple of weeks. He's with the new team. There's so many things that weren't going his way in this situation that I, I really – you can't say too much about him. I mean, he did his, you know, he did what he could. He did his job. Everything get the win. So um, he had, his, I will say his body language was very, it, none of it seemed to bother him. Yeah. I which will is, say yeah. that, you yeah, know, it, which, which says a lot, you know, like he didn't ever, he didn't see him looking around or anything. Like you, you yeah. saw him trying to handle his business, which yeah. does give me, you know, he didn't, yeah. You know, the guys played some international soccer. So, you know, at the end of the day, Hull wasn't going to be an overwhelming thing. I think you right. really genuinely saw someone who was tactically uncomfortable and new to teammates. And, yeah, um, you know, so, yeah, he got spun around all. 
I'll just assume that it's all kind of newness. And once we hopefully get our, you know, everybody back, you know, we'll talk about it. You know, what, what formation are we going to play? But, you know, a, a, a true back four with him at left back, I think would give him the best opportunity to, yeah. Yeah. to really do his best. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for sure. And, and like you said, we'll talk about, you know, as we get people back here, we'll talk about the formations, but let's take a quick break. We'll come back and, uh, and we'll talk uh, a little bit about the transfers that have happened early here in January, um, you know, with, with Everton. So quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're talking about Everton transfers. Really the big news, um, of course, right now has been, and this just coming out official today, uh, Luca Dean officially moving out to Aston Villa for an undisclosed fee, but the fee is believed to be around 25 million pounds. Um, Dean, uh, let's, his message to the fans, he put out a message today, or yeah, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, um, yeah. And, you know, not really hiding too much, um, you would say. You know, really coming after, subtly, but or, or not so subtly, coming <laughs> after, you know, the one person who really was the architect of his demise at Everton, um, Rafa. Um, you know, Bernard coming out and kind of agreeing with him. A lot of things have happened around this transfer other than just the transfer itself let's start with with your thoughts on the move um you know was it the right move to get him out what did you think about the message to the fans and 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 I guess this whole situation as a whole so Calvin we'll start with you on this okay so I'm I'm an unashamed fan of Lucas Dean. So I I you know to me the the way the whole business has been treated yeah, or the whole business has sort of unfolded is shameful, right? Um, you know I I don't care if Rafa doesn't like him, and you know even if Dini pretty much flat out refused to play for Rafa. That is not the way to carry out this business, right? Especially if you're trying to sell him to the highest bidder, then publicly denigrating him and making him sound like this, uh, uh, I don't know, drama queen. It, that, that is not the way to do it, right? And again, we know enough about Lucas Tigne in the three and a half years he's been here that he's not that kind of player. He is not a Hamas Rodriguez, right? So to paint him with that same paintbrush the way Rafa has tried to do, that is shameful. All of that aside, I think from the business lens, this was not a bad move, right? Um, he's coming on in years. I think at this point, we are very clear. We do not want to carry too many high-wage players who are past 28, right? Because the drop-off tends to be pretty steep. Um, to me, the best way to handle this entire business was go out, get Mikolenko, keep Dine on until the summer. Even if it means making a commitment to the player, hey, Lucas, we will absolutely sell you. You can go to any club on earth you like, right? I don't know, cross Stanley Park and go to Liverpool if you want. But stay the rest of the season, bring the kid along, teach him some tricks of the trade, give us, the, you know, give us your best. That's all. And I think. I'm pretty sure that's not how that was handled behind the scenes, right? Because I think from what we know about Lucas Dean, if that was how that was you know, laid out to him, he probably would have stayed 
and done that. But that's kind of not how that went. And so at the end of the day, from a business perspective, yeah, for an, for an aging player, uh, if we're going to get, I think, what is it, 20 something, and then with bonuses, they make it 25. That's great business, right? So take it. I think uh, we did the math on it. I, I think Everton are going to turn a profit on this, at least on the financial year, because we're saving on the wages as well. So pretty much selling him covers getting in two young fullbacks. So great. Um, so again, all emotions aside, good business, but surely this is not how business should be run. Brian, uh, what are your thoughts on the situation? Um, I mean, I think Calvin really kind of summarized how I feel about it, which is we turned a 29-year-old outside back into a $25 million uh, piece of business and uh, got two outside backs, including hopefully his long-term replacement out of it. That's good. Yeah. yeah. The way it reflects us as a club. Um, and not only in just as a fan, how you feel about, you know, a, a player who I was a fan of. I know that all the sudden fans came out, oh, he wasn't great last year. I don't – that is that is all – that's hogwash. He's – he was our most creative player, basically, for, yeah. you know, stretches. Um, and that's fine if we don't want to be creative to our outside back. That's, you know, that's the choice. Sure. That <laughs> um, but we also have to think about players that are considering signing with us in the future, you know, which is to say, like, if I fall out with this manager, is this how he's going to treat me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get yeah. shipped off to a place that doesn't want to send me? You know, those are the kind of things that, is that how Everton does their business? And uh, that—that's what it, it just—it just wasn't handled well, you know. It, mm-hmm. No, you do things like if you're not going to play him, then like say he's sick or you know, like do all the stupid tongue-in-cheek stuff, <laughs> tell him off, you know, like the stuff that we know, but we but we we understand because. We what anytime that they come out and say something like that, oh well he's you know, he's got a back spasm. You know. Something like that. We're always like, Oh, he's getting pulled, right? Pulled up in training. Right. Pulled up in training, right. right. Picked up a we knock. always say we always laugh because we go, What are they gonna say? Like, he just doesn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically what our guy did, you know. Like, and and so it just you know, it just felt very amateurish from a business perspective the way it was handled to their credit i'm first thing i posted when that all started was if we get 25 million then i'm that that's that's good enough for me yeah Yeah. so now it's up to the players that we signed uh you know to to kind of make the business worth it because lucadine will never have sell-on value basically after two years now after two years right It'll yeah. be eight million dollars or seven million dollars or something negligible that will cover the the wages for the year kind of deal, yeah. um, you know. So so from that, it's good. And if, and if we don't, then we just we missed on a signing, and that happens. We're, we're all used to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> next, yeah. No, I I think uh, with you know, I love Luca Luca Dean as as a player. I love him as a as a player. I think he's. Like, like you guys said, I mean, there was a tweet today that the top three uh, players who created the most chances at Everton last season, which were 
Luca Dean, number one, Gilfie Sigurdsson, number two, and James Rodriguez, number three, are not are all not currently playing at the club right now for one reason or another. So, right. you know, and listen, I, I understand this happens all the time where a player comes and they don't fit the system and, and they get sold or whatever. That's fine. If, 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 if Rafa, if Luca Dean wasn't fitting the system that Rafa wanted to play and it was detrimental to the team for whatever reason, that's fine. You can sell him as we've all said, sell him. And, and, and at this time at 29, going to be 30 it's it's not bad business it's just again as you've all said the way we went about it I mean the quote that's sticking out from the 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 message to the the Everton fans was you know it takes one person to destroy a beautiful love story or whatever from from Lucas and listen I think that a lot of fans have have a strong connection with Dean just because of what he's done for the club he's been such a good player for the club he hasn't you know in any way really cause any problems with the club. It's, it's just basically been goes out each week, performs, you know, has been really the only source of attack for, for years. It feels like, or the only source yep. of uh, a cross coming in the box. So, you know, he was awesome. And I think a lot of players, you know, you're, you're allowed to love the player, Luca, Luca Dean, and you're allowed to, um, you're allowed to appreciate the business that was done. And those things are allowed to be, you know, mutually exclusive. You know, you, you don't have to, like one and hate the other it's okay to do that um but again as we've all said the way we go about that we went about this was was the wrong way and you just hope that that's not the way it's going to be in the future and you hope you know other players don't don't look into that the parting message from everton was and this is the problem was below us like that that was ridiculous that was hard he didn't quit. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Again, this goes back to the, oh, is this how they treat players when they're going to, you know, when they leave? All right. When they make a profit off of you. We made money off of the guy. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it could have been, been, at worst case, it's a, hey, you know what? You played well enough to, for us to sell you three years later and make money. Okay. Yeah. We'll play, you know, like, and yet we still put out a statement like, the guy was arrested or something, you know, like you literally <laughs> would have thought from that statement that like, you know, there, I don't even think it says like, you know, good law. I think it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't. It, doesn't it doesn't thank him for it is or, anything. It, it is, right. Yeah. You know, it's basically like, we will not be commenting on this. This is an open investigation. Essentially. And it, yes. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> and it just, you know, that's ridiculous. The guy played hard. He didn't, you know, he didn't phone it in. He carried the Everton name on to the French national team. Yeah. To, you know, to he, if Richarlison doesn't get his stuff together, then we don't have any chance of having a player that might be able to score a big goal. You know, like, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. If, if, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take much for Luca Dean to be in the position to hit the cross for the game winning, you know, header to win the world, to win the World Cup this winter. That's not a ridiculous thing. And so, like, no. to lose those type of players, is is a big deal because he yeah. carries the brand to to different places, you know. And now that ever that Everton name in a French locker room is going to get laughed about, you know, because yeah. he's going to be laughing about it. Oh my God, you guys see that thing they put out about me? Yeah, you know, there being a friend, you know, and we could, you know, like it, it just it makes us seem like a it makes us I won't say small club because <laughs> people would kill me. Uh, 
<laughs> but it is that is small club behavior it's petty it makes us seem it's very petty. petty right yeah no, that's good this is this is and i'll read it because it is so short <laughs> this, and it's is, tired. this is the this is the actual release that came out today from everton on luca dean which is not i actually had to type in luca dean on the page it's nowhere page. um I read it. it says this is this is what it says Luca Dean has completed a transfer to Aston Villa for an undisclosed fee. Left back Dean played 127 games and scored six goals for Everton after joining from Barcelona in the summer of 2018. The 28 year old who counts Lille and Paris Saint Germain among his former clubs has made 15 appearances this season. End. Done. So there have been under 16s who have left the club who have gotten Literally. a bigger write up, okay? And, and, and to me, I think one of the biggest slap in the faces there was Binya has been captain of this team. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't a scrub, right? He's been a, a regular starter. He's been a captain. He's been an assistant captain. It's this, this yeah, it's petty. I just, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's embarrassing. It's petty. And, and, you know, the only thing I can think about is make this real right we, we, we're all working people right so if we were to change jobs right and the, the one thing we knew about a place we wanted to go work was that this is how they treated someone who's been a good employee and would you really want to go work there or even if you did wouldn't you be like looking over your shoulder all the time like all right, when they're going to push me out and release a three-line statement, right? So this, this is really embarrassing. It's petty, it's, it's unnecessary, and it's unbecoming of a club that prides itself as the people's club. Yeah, and, and the tweet is just the first line of the, the first line Of, the, of thing. the statement, right. And then that's it. It's not, there's no wish you well, hope, you know, Thank you for the service that you provided the club at all. Like it's it's unbelievable right. how how yeah. just negligent they were in this whole situation. <laughs> I thought I saw this on Twitter. Someone said, "Hey, is Rafa running the Everton Twitter account?" Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Well, and that goes back to the you know it, it spreads. You know, uh, the temp a temperament spreads, a maturity level spreads, a uh a culture of vindictiveness can spread so easily where um you know if you don't get careful it just it carries into everywhere you know and right now we're lacking leadership in many many different areas you know uh and yeah. um, and this just feels like someone's personal emotions affecting the club just like when you see Seamus Coleman lying up at left wing back and you say, we're now seeing someone. What? Right. You're yeah. seeing something manifest on the field now. You know, the, yeah. these things yeah. that, that aren't, aren't supposed to. So, uh, yeah. Well, let's move on from Dean. We, I think we've, we've spent enough. There's one spent guy enough. leaving. Let's go to the guys coming in, right? Let's, 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 yeah. Let's positive. Let's try and positive again. Let's, <laughs> let's whip this up here into, into some positivity. Yeah. There are three guys coming in. Patterson has already come come in. Um, Mike Lenko has already come in, um, and then today El Ghazi uh, completed his loan move to Everton with a a ten million euro, I believe it was, um, option to buy. It's not a obligation to buy; it is an option to buy. So, um, if Everton do not like him at the end of the season, they do not have to buy him. Um, so, 
Um, let's start here. We've already gotten into a little bit of the thoughts of Michaelenko, what he is, how he performed. Let's talk about the other two right now, Patterson and El Ghazi. Um, Brian, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on, on each of these players. Guys, we signed a right back. Like, how many years has it been years of trekking through the wilderness trying to see if it really existed and finding out that you're actually allowed to sign a right back uh you know is in 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 the the type of right back that the type of player profile that should excite us you know yeah the young scottish international He's big. He's he's like six three, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's big three. kid. Yeah. You know, he's a, a big size kid. He, you know, he's will have value for years. Um, you know, even it, it sounds bad, but even if he doesn't become a an Everton hero, he'll have value in the future. You know, because he's still young enough, and someone can always mm-hmm. say like, we can get something out of him. So, so I'm excited. You know, we obviously yeah. haven't seen him uh, play, but. He's now in the situation that Calvin mentioned before. You would have hoped that Luca Dean would have been in, which is there's no pressure to start him. You know, he can start every other game for the rest of the year. You know, yeah. right? Better will Seamus yeah. Coleman be? He's like my age. That dude needs a rest. He's gonna be exhausted. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. I, I think he's. I, I I think he seems to kind of check all the boxes. We didn't spend a ridiculous amount on him. You know, we didn't do, we didn't get hung out to dry with any crazy premium tax. I think he would have been sold for ten million to, you know, a, a team in Germany if they were interested. You know, so yeah, I, yeah. Uh, uh, for the first time, the business actually, you know, money wise, felt good, and I'm secretly kind of, kind of excited about El Ghazi. Yeah, like, like yeah, he's a guy who's got a lot of history he's, he's played he's been around the block you know he started a lot in the premier league he's got like something like 26 goals and like what uh 26 goals and like 16 assists and like 120 some odd per you know performances so it's, not like, yeah. you know, it's we are carrying far worse numbers on our squad right now <laughs> alex will be alex will be alex will be yeah it's it's exactly the type of thing that it doesn't he doesn't have to be per you know he had ten goals last year in the Premier League he only started seventeen games for for Villa so you know this is not a washed up guy it's just a guy who they they bought new toys and they just want to play with the new toys ahead of him frankly yeah. I think Buendia yeah. it's not like Ben it's it is not as if Buendia or Bai have been fantastic at all you right. know it's just they committed a lot of money to those guys. And I think he just kind of found himself the odd man out. And, yeah. and so now we have a 26 year old winger who wants to score goals and, you know, make himself relevant again. We don't have a requirement to buy him. So if he doesn't have the, a mindset that we're excited about, we don't have to keep him. but worst case scenario, we're debating whether or not it's a good deal or a good idea to sign him because he's played well. And if he hasn't, then all right. Whatever you know, it. it yeah. We both we don't need him. He seems to need us more than we need him, and that's a position that we have sure. very rarely been in with players. You know, it's like yeah, I'm not calling yeah. him a luxury player, but but to a degree, he's a luxury player. You know, I'd love to see him get a handful of starts. Again, formations we'll talk about, but if we get into a real four three three, you yeah. know, DCL up top and 
you know, Richie on the left and El Ghazi on the right is hey, that's not a bad lineup at all, you know. Then you got Josh Gordon to roll in and if there it was, I called him to I, I retired. <laughs> We just got to nod and say it's cool. I don't even watch football. <laughs> it's just stuck in my head. Anyway, um, but no, then the, it just it it seems like we'll actually have some rotational depth, yeah. some true rotational depth at positions where, you know, it won't be well. How many more games can he start in a row, or how many games can he start in a row? And 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 if if DCL really struggles to come back, but you know Richie can be healthy. It also allows Richie to become that striker now. And, you know, and he can give us true minutes out wide and we can keep all the um, salmon, salmon rod bottle over there. <laughs> salmon rod. Yeah, just flopping around all over the field. Uh, but, you know, we just, I, uh, I think uh, it's a, it's, a, I'm excited because it's a low, and, and he's an exciting type of player, you know? Yeah. Take somebody yeah. on, dribble him, score a goal. Like, you know, we don't have a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know, Aaron Townsend, that's awesome that he scored a goal. He also said after the game that he could still couldn't kick with his left foot. Yeah, he, imagine he, that, right? He said I still couldn't I still can't shoot with my left foot, so I had to put it on my white my right and it still wobbled home. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what were you doing on the field? You know, and so like just this dude, 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 this is one but, more, it, it breaking just, pieces as fast as we can you know buy new ones but well so i'm excited (laughs) that's the thing though right it goes back to the the injuries it's like it feels like we're rushing them back as quickly as they possibly can so they're probably doing like intensive training like 10 days before they should be doing intensive training which leads to these other injuries yep calvin Thoughts on the signings? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Before I go into that, you said two things that are not happening because you thought are the two words. You said intensive training. Yeah, well, nothing I guess that's about fair. Everton tells me there's intensive training. Well, clearly that. they're doing but- <laughs> something in the training room because these guys are getting injured left and right. Being tagged. I don't know, man. No, Maybe that's right, the problem. So- Maybe the only time they do things that are intense is in the training room. <laughs> that's the problem. All right. So no, I, I think uh, I, I think like Brian, right? I am really excited about Patterson. I've actually watched a couple of games when he's played uh, for Rangers, and I, I'm pretty excited about him. Obviously, comparing his output in the Scottish Premier League versus the English Premier League, uh, no, not the same. But the, the boy's played some games. He's, he's played internationally. He's played in the Champions League. I, I think just like Nikolenko, right? He's not going to be wowed by playing at the big stage, right? So he's not going to go to Old Trafford and suddenly just have stars in his eyes, right? He's going to go out there. He's going to get the job done. I, I feel pretty good about him. I like the fact that He's big. I cannot recall the last tall, rangy fullback we've had, right? We've kind of gotten used to that Vigne, Baines um, kind of body shape guy, which often is a problem because when you start getting crosses into the box and you have a Chris Wood going up against Seamus Coleman, you know that's a goal against Everett. Right, I wouldn't say the same thing about Patterson, and I think Mikolenko is actually built pretty well too. So I think from that perspective, I really do like that signing. Um, El Ghazi, I I thought that game Villa played last season at I think it was at Goodison where they beat us two one, and El Ghazi got that late goal. Like Villa looked amazing. They were playing four three three. 
I think they had El Ghazi on the left, Traore was on the right, Ollie Watkins was looking like what you want Dom to turn into. They were on fire. The three of them were changing positions, they were interchanging, they were running us ragged. I'm surprised we only lost that game 2 1. So that said, El Ghazi, I, I, think that, I think he can score, he knows where goal is. And so purely from that perspective, this is a very good signing, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing I really like about him, he's versatile, right? He is not a, I can only play on the right side. He's right-footed, but he's pretty much, I'm looking at his Villa career, he's played, I want to say, equal games both wings. So he gives us a lot of versatility there, which is great. Uh, I think he's going to be a good role model for Anthony Gordon to look up to as far as, um, you know, just, uh, you know, work ethic. That's just <laughs> oh, that's Josh Gordon. That's true. We have renamed him, right? So no, no. I, I think this is a good signing. I think this is. I, 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 at least it's a good loan, right? Because, like we said, now are we gonna Josh King this one? I hope not, because that that was embarrassing, right? Just just bringing Josh King in to for appearances' sake, and then him coming back to haunt us. That was poetic. Right when yeah. when Watford beat us, but no, honestly, I, I think if he gets a fair try, I, I think Brian, you nailed it. Right, he's got something to prove. He wants to show he's still out there, and he still like you know deserves a contract. And so I, I think he's gonna he's gonna play and he's gonna play hard. And, I, and I'm excited for the for the both of them really for all three signings. Just just yeah. because I think we need to refresh this this dressing room. I, I think it's it's tired, it's stale, it's old, and mm-hmm. and there's some some new blood is is gonna help. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly the point I was going to make. I mean, if nothing else, it makes us a little bit younger in all those areas, um, significantly younger at, at both the outside back areas. Um, you know, and I, I think just, you know, we, I think you can get on Rafa and whoever's, you know, making the decisions over there for what's been happening on the pitch. But I'd say that these three transfers have been a very good bit of business that have been done. And the transfers that he made in – the summer really have all worked out in some way or another. I mean, Pegovic, you can't really, you know, he was a free anyway. And Rondon obviously has not worked out, but Townsend has been good in, in certain times has been important to us in, in, in multiple games. And obviously Damari Gray has been fantastic. You know, I, I think they're at least, we're at least heading in, in the right direction. And I think the, um, I think the, the big thing here with the El Ghazi move I mean, we have to look towards the future, right? And, and, and if everything continue to go on this in the way they're going, it's probably inevitable that Richarlison, I would imagine he probably leaves in the, in the summer um, for, for a fee. But at least if he does leave, if he doesn't leave, that's great. But if he does leave, you're set up with an El Ghazi and Townsend, Damari Gray, Anthony Gordon, multiple players at the winger position who – clearly can make an impact for the team. So um, I, I think it's uh, El Ghazi is definitely, if he works out, great. If he doesn't work out, it's okay. But I think if he, if he does work out, it could be, you know, just another source of depth before, you know, the possibility of selling Richarlison in, in the summer. Um, and that way we're not scrambling looking for another player or looking, you know, that money can be spread out into different areas because we have young and up and coming players at these positions. And, and like you guys said, Patterson looks good. From what I understand from reading some stuff, he didn't play too much. Like he was kind of on and off playing for Rangers. I don't, I don't know what the situation was there, but um, it's not because of how good he was. I think that they had, you know, maybe. Yeah. They have James Tavernier, who's like, who's 
basically scores and assists like he's a number 10 while playing right back. So Yeah. Well, there you go. And he was the club captain. Right yeah. Yes. And, and is young. Yeah. So, but again, so, that's why you, that's what you have to go do. You got to go find young, hungry players, you know, like we sit yeah. there and we think 60,000, you know, it's the same thing with Richarlison. We gave him a platform, you know, yeah. that's why he mm-hmm. loves Everton so much is because we said, go out and do it, you know? And if, yeah, Lukaku had any type of empathy or humbleness or any type of emotions um, you know, about enjoying things, he would he would say the same thing, right? Is that right. you know we went and we stole a backup from Chelsea who we thought was ready, and that's what you know. And we've got to stop pretending that we're above that kind of stuff, you know. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. Not, we're not above anything. <laughs> you don't know. We need a foundation yeah. first. A foundation Absolutely. first. And, yeah. and you laid yeah. out a lot of your good young players, you know, even now, you know, yeah. we, we're starting to get there. We need that through the midfield and that's in yeah. through, uh, you know, perhaps like a dominant center back kind of thing. But then, then those pieces well, fall in place. So I'm with you. I, I, we've, we've done good business. Would you rather, I think I almost see rather Rafa take over Brand's job and go get us an actual coach. Like, <laughs> you know, because, you know, but then we also find out that we were in contact with all these players basically before. So. Yeah. Before Rafa, right. Yeah. So, but, you know, if he's, if he's the one closing them to his credit, then, you know, just let him go hang out with Bill Kenwright and make good signings and go to plays and eat at restaurants and do stuff. <laughs> what, what a strange Everton we live in, right? 13 days into a transfer window and we have three signings. Like, wow, who are yeah. we, right? right. Yeah. And, and there, is, there is room for more, so let's talk about it. Brian, you kind of brought it up, so you can start off with this one. But what still needs to be done this window? If we have a need right now, what needs to be done? It, we, have an, a, we have to have another midfielder now that Tom Davies is out for an extended time period. We don't have, yeah. especially... If he does no trust in JPG, who, you know, um, he's basically still his first year back from two and a half years of injuries or whatnot. So, you know, if he's just plugging holes, that's fine. But we, we need a, another Premier League level uh, midfielder. It seems as if we're sniffing around for some. I know that we've looked at, um, obviously, we talked about Longstaff um, and, uh, you know, and I know that we've sniffed around a little bit in France and uh, and some, but that and I don't think we'll do it because of the kind of domino effect of the outside back signings for allowing yeah. free to hopefully actually play center back for a while. But we need uh, we need a, a dom- we need a we need a center back too uh, as well, but. I, I think we need an absolute midfielder. Center back would be great. Yeah. But. Calvin, you agree? Yeah, yeah. I, I think on the attacking side, I, I think I feel pretty good about where we stand. Um, I, you know, Rondon can never play for us again, and that's fine because I think we have Ellis Sims in the, way, in the, in the wings, so I'm okay with that. And Richie can also fill in there, so I'm okay with that. Um, I, I think another body in, in midfield, definitely one that can play defensive midfield. And, you know, I'm, 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 Jesus, is, is Gareth Barry still interested in playing football? Because, <laughs> God, bring him back, right? You know, um, but yeah, and, and, then, and then definitely a dominant center, center back, right? Um, yeah. 
I, I do wonder if there's got to be more activity in the outgoings department. You know, Bamin's been told uh, that he's, he's being actively, I, I think, uh, advertised for sale. Um, so he might go. Uh, I, I think Newcastle were looking for Holgate. I don't know why, but okay, take him. Um, right? So, I, and, and if Holgate does leave, again, Branthwaite still needs, needs more game time, right? So I, I'm excited that I, I think he's back in training this week too. So that's a good yeah. sign to see. But we need, we need that, that Mina type player, right? Yeah. And, you know, we can, we can get into a quick conversation about Mina too because, unfortunately, Mina is just not durable enough to be that guy, right? Because right. I, I think on a good day, Mina is definitely one of the most imposing center halves in the league, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's, not, he's not VVD, he's not Rudiger, sure. But he, what he does, he does very well. He's not afraid to attack the ball. He's not afraid of getting the ball in his feet. He doesn't often get into the tangles when he's got the ball on him that Keen gets into. And he leads from the front. I think that's, those are all the qualities that we need in the back. Yeah. And Mina does that. Unfortunately, when you're only getting... It was, it's that Hamas situation, right? If we got the best of Hamas for even 30 games a season, that would be brilliant. But Hamas only plays 10 or 15 games a season at that level. So then it's, it's just not worth it. So it, it, honestly, if someone came came to us with, with like decent money for Mina. I heard Napoli were interested. If they want to give us 20, 25, 30 million for Mina, take him, right? I'm, I'm, we can invest that money in a center half that can play 30, 40 games a year. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I feel there's got to be more outgoings for there to be incomings. Yeah, I think, and I think that'll probably be a summer thing, especially at center back. Right. In terms of outgoings, I would imagine that that'll be a summer thing. And, and I think that there will be probably some big changes coming in the summer. And, you know, it seems like Everton walked this really fine line better than any other team where it's, you know, either it's either absolute disaster or one to two <laughs> signings away from actually being competent and getting the fans excited. So it's like, you know, it feels like every time the transfer window rolls around, it's like, okay, well, we brought in this player. And, and, you know, if we just get this one guy, we might actually be okay. We might actually be competent until the end of the season, fix things in the summer. So, you know, I, there is a little bit of hope, a glimmer of hope for Everton. Um, but we, we will see. We've got a few, well, 15 more days left in the transfer window. Um, and we will bring you that as it, as it comes, if, if, there are, if there is news with Everton. But let's take a quick break. We'll do a quick preview of Norwich before we wrap things up. Um, and, uh, you know, send you off on your way. So a uh, quick break right here, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and we're talking Norwich. Um, Norwich City, really, I mean, absolutely abysmal season so far for them. Um, they've won two games all season, failed to pick up any points since November 30th, which was also the last time they scored a goal in the league. Um, Norwich sit in 20th place on just 10 points, but are only somehow three points from safety despite all those other things. Um, Everton did beat Norwich 2 nothing at home earlier in the year. DCL, Richie, and Mina, as you mentioned, Calvin, are back in full training, I believe it was, along with Branthwaite. So um, there's always the possibility that those guys make the bench or, or one of them starts. Who knows um, what will happen? But with the information that we have right now, Calvin, we'll start with you. How should how should Everton line up, and how will Everton line up? <laughs> All right. So 
again, if everyone's fit, right? And if, if we, we should really play our best lineup on this one, right? I, I do not want to believe that. Um, I think, Brian, you touched on this earlier, right? No one is beneath us at this point, right? And, and in fact, the only reason Everton will likely not get relegated this season is because there are three absolutely horrendous teams that are worse than us. Um, and and it's, it's a good test to see if one of those horrendous teams is actually worse than us or not because we're playing Norwich, right? And we're playing Norwich at Norwich. And... You know, they, they, like, like you said, right? They're only three points from safety. So for having a season as bad as they've had, somehow they're only still three points from safety. They're only nine points behind us. It's, it's, not, it's not a big gap. Now, you know, Norwich obviously have, have their own issues, right? Uh, they, they, they play the classic 4-2-3-1. So we might even get away with playing over two here. But I really want to see us, you know, play, play a dominant game. And... I just don't see us doing that, right? Which is unfortunate. It's the same thing. We went into Hull expecting that, you know, we really want to try to, you know, stamp our authority in this game from the first minute, pass the ball around, stroll out with a 3-0, 4-0 win. Nope, didn't happen. And I'm kind of concerned the same thing's going to happen. If we, if we sleepwalk through the first 20 minutes and Norwich somehow get a goal in this game, we are going to lose. It, it's, 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 it's just written right now. So, we, Rafa needs to play his best, fittest lineup, if that is. And to me, that's a three, three, three-man midfield. It's got to be Alan. It's got to be Dokore. It's likely got to be Gomez or maybe even Delph, right? You know, we haven't mentioned Delph today. But Delph does play that defensive midfield role quite decently. And then have three forwards, right, that, that are going to, you know, chase the ball and, and, and attack the, 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 the Norwich defense. Sounds like Townsend might not play again if, they, if, he, if he was in that bad shape. So let, let's go with the Gordon DCL if he's fit. And uh, see, I said, I said Anthony Gordon. Did I say Anthony Gordon? All right, so Josh Gordon, right? So we'll go with Josh Gordon, <laughs> Dom, and then uh, Demari Gray on, you know, across the front. You know, midfield three and then back four. I don't know. Put run Patterson out on this one. Let him run against against Norwich. I, I think Norwich is about the level of competition he played against in Scotland. So yeah, let's let's give him a chance. Brian, uh, thoughts on uh, the lineup? Um, I'd like to see a midfield three. Well, I think we'll see it. So <laughs> I'll just assume. Uh, <laughs> I. I'll assume everyone's healthy. Everyone can start. I mean, everybody was back in training today. So, you know, I would assume that after a few days. Uh, so, Richie and DCL up top, Gordon and Gray out wide, and Alan Jacore in the midfield uh, with Gray and uh, Richie able to kind of interchange a little bit there too and yeah. kind of fill in that space a little bit. Um, in the back, I'd love to see us in the back four with if if Mina's fit, Mina and uh, I mean they don't. Norwich doesn't have a lot of ton of a ton of speed up top, so um, you could get away with Mina and Keane. Nobody really likes that, <laughs> just because you basically have two of the the same type of player. But uh, I'd go with probably. Um, if Mina's healthy, you go with Mina and, and Gordon and uh, two new guys on the outside. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I would imagine that 
Um, they go with the the um, the the two in the midfield. I can't I can't imagine that they would go with anything else. Um, and um, you know, I imagine that they. You know, I would also like to see Patterson get a little run out. Um, I would I would also like to see him um, get a chance here. Um, again, I you know. There is, there's more options now, so, so we'll see how it plays out. But I'd imagine some of the guys who have come back from injury will play. Um, I would love to see Mina play, but I'm not sure I want him to play. <laughs> Maybe give him that extra week after getting back in full training um, so we can have him for a longer period of time because he lasted 30 minutes last time he played, I think. So, um, you know, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But I would imagine we'll see some more some of the, you know, I would imagine we'll probably see DCL. Um, I would imagine El Ghazi makes the bench. We'll see Michael Anko on one side. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But let's, um, let's move on here. What threats, if any, Brian, do, do Norwich present? Uh, they are a soccer team and we are Everton. Um, so they offer lots of threats. Um, Josh Sargent, if you're a USA fan, has basically disappeared. I don't even think he was in the, the squad for the the midweek match for them. Um, you have Pookie, who is a goal scorer. You know, if if they get a knockdown ball in the box, he has the opportunity to to kind of get on top of it and and put it away. Um, and um, What's it? Uh, they're signing from Germany, Milo. Uh, 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 Rafika, uh, is that yes, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he has that ability. He's almost like an El Ghazi type of player, can you know beat some people and score a goal. So, uh, I mean, what kind of threat does Hall carry? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Shout out to well, Asmir were... by the way, for his save. Uh, yes, we did not talk about that, but yes, that was fantastic. Fantastic save. Cup winner. Um, so, yeah, um, and 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 we it seems we've lost Calvin here, but he has he has given us his prediction. Um, he has no audio, but he has given us his prediction. He does believe this will end 2 2. So, and listen, I mean, Norwich haven't scored a goal since November 30th in the league. So you can almost guarantee that they will score a goal at some point in this game. And I don't think, I think one of their players, it might even be Josh Sargent, has not scored a goal this season. So you can almost guarantee, it's like a Josh Sargent goal, just book it. It's going to happen. So we're already down one nothing to begin with. Um, but what do Everton have to do if they want to win this match? What needs to be done? Like, what, what are the areas that need to, be, need to be attacked? I mean, I think they've got to get uh, – right from the beginning of the match, we have to assert what, whatever it is we're going to do. If we're going to play with wingbacks, then play with the wingbacks. Get them up. Get them connected to the forwards. Get them playing in triangles higher up in the field. Um, you know, get our midfield uh, balanced out enough and not asking them to cover too much space vertically if you're only going to have two of them, no matter who our forwards are. Those are the kind of things that I would like to see us do just from the bat, just to come out and say like, okay, you can see what we're trying to do. If we do it poorly, 
so be it. But just to come out and be able to say like, okay, it looks like we're going to try and, you know, do this. I wouldn't imagine we'll put too much on the outside backs in, you know, in, in need of, uh, of overlap or anything like that, which is why I think we won't have a four, three, three, as much as I'd love to see it. Um, but uh, is because I don't think he'll ask those outside backs to stretch that distance. But I, I just want to see us kind of be cohesive. Um, whoever starts up in the attack, Gray, DCL, Richie, Gordon, be connected, not individualized, not asking Damari Gray to break two lines by dribbling and beating four players. You know, that's not a sustainable attack. We need to have combinations and patterns that are evident that are creating space and then taking advantage of that space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, it's. And marking on set pieces. Yeah, Marking on set pieces. That's what Everton needs to do. <laughs> Everton need to do to win this game. I mean, again, I, I think that Everton will score goals. Like I think that they'll, they'll bag yeah. a couple goals. Like I don't, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't, but I, it's going to be defensively that they need to, they need to just be strong defensively and they need to attack the ball defensively and attack the ball in the air and, and be, like you said, assertive. So um, I think that's really the key. I mean, if Everton were assertive and attacked the ball in so many of these games before, as we've talked about, you know, it would be, we, we probably would have won a, a fair share more of them, but yeah. um, it is worth mentioning though. And we did mention that Norwich are in last place and three points out of safety. They have played two more games than Watford who are in the, uh, in the, or yeah, I think it's Watford who's in, in 17th place. So, um, so it, Norwich still a little bit of a ways behind everybody else, considering they've played almost all their matches. Players still making up, you know, COVID ma- or teams still making up COVID matches. What is your prediction for this this match? Pain. Um, no, my prediction <laughs> is. Uh, oh, man. Maybe we'll say this out loud. I actually <laughs> think we'll win the soccer game. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I we did, have I, you. Right. Oh, you can hear me. Oh, that's great. I, I can't hear sure you, Calvin. You sorry, yeah, sorry well, to cut you off, Brian, but continue. No, you're fine. no, I'll, I'll, I'll take it at two one. Um, I, I think, I think the excitement and freshness of some of the new players, the this, it feels like we've been we had our own kind of little winter break, even with the match against you know even with the the Hull and Brighton, they've kind of been all over the place. So I think we'll just get a lot of, I think we'll get that that new signing uh, bounce a little bit. I do. I I really do. I I think that we'll just, you know, I think Patterson will roll out this match. I can't see him not starting just, you know, and I think that'll just, it's a new right back guys. It's all we ever wanted. (laughs) Um, And uh, so I'll, I'll take two, one to the good guys. And that one, it will be Josh Sargent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Calvin you uh care to explain your prediction and and I guess give us your thoughts on this match yeah yeah I, I just I I am finding it really hard to be optimistic so you know I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get the goals uh we, we'll probably actually start well I think um you know maybe maybe something will finally get through and uh, I think the way I see this is, uh, yeah, I see us actually going ahead and then falling asleep and then letting them equalize, uh, you know, sort of uh, carried home by the Carrow Road crowd. And, and that's it. And just, you know, three, three points that we really, really need to have. And I think somehow we're going to find a way to fritter them away. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be optimistic on this one. I'm going to go three, one, because I do think we're going to give up a goal, but I think we're going to score. <laughs> I think we could score. I think we're going to score. Like, I don't think there's any doubt in the world we're, we're not giving up a goal. Like, there's no doubt in my mind we're giving up a goal. Um, but I do think we'll score, and I think we'll score enough. I, I think maybe the whole game was a little bit of a, you know, eye-opener and saying, okay, here, you know, thankfully we – Norwich did play in midweek against West Ham. We did not have to play midweek against West Ham. So yeah. um, that is a plus for us as well. So um, I do think we'll score, and I think we'll score three goals. I think 3-1. Maybe a, a new bill of life for us, and uh, you know, maybe looking forward now we can uh, we can hope for better things to come. But that is it. Anything else you guys want to mention? You guys all, all good? I think we're I think we've we've wrapped this one up. We went on for long enough. Um, thank you both for joining me. I appreciate it as always. Thanks for having me on. Love that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yes, and uh, to you guys out there, thank you as always for listening. We appreciate the support. Make sure you keep downloading, you know, leave those reviews, leave, leave those five-star reviews that I'm sure you guys are um, <laughs> leaving for us. Um, but, uh, you know, just keep, keep following along. Uh, we appreciate the support and we'll talk to you guys next time. Take care.